Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry podcast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Port Key. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WitherTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Or draw or sing or tap dance about it? Um, we are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. If you'd like to submit, you can check out blackgirlscreate.org for guidelines. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around? Consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording the Wizard Team episodes and Patroni will have access to those videos. $5 a month will get you the video the Tuesday before the episode drops and at $10 or more per per month, you'll get a link to watch us record live and an invitation to a chat room so that you can interact. We also take donations via PayPal if you just want one off so that we can do cool things like, you know, I don't know, buy Serafina Pickery's lawn. (laughs) That's a thing. Yeah, it's true. That's going to happen. It's true. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or like anywhere where that you listen to us on pretty much. I don't know if they do that on SoundCloud, but I don't know. Rate and review us. You see a place to rate and review Wizard Team, just do it. Just do it, man. It's like Um, Nike. I think you can favorite, and then I think maybe probably the people with the most favorites. Favorite? Favorites? I don't know. You can comment on SoundCloud. You can do lots of things on SoundCloud. It doesn't matter. Find a place, review it, rate it. Rate Rate it. And then we're good. Also subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we have, we, most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlscrate.org. Follow us on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds. Like us slash follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at BlackGirlsCreate. And join our Wizard Team Facebook group so you can talk about Harry Potter all the time. Um, Robin just asked a question about what dragon you'd want to face in the Triwizard Tournament, so. A bunch of people said the egg. Like, the egg, egg, that's not an answer. I want to face the egg. What? No. When you pick out the dragon, guys, you know, which one of those dragons do you want to face? The egg? No, 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 no. The answer is none dragons do they want to face. That was the point. I I think that's what they're saying, probably. But I'm saying... That's not an option. So let's dive into what's going on in Wizard Team right now. So Akira, Bayana's younger sister, introduced me to Avatar. It's a problem. Oh, I, this isn't this, this isn't a newsletter thing, but okay. But listen, okay, go ahead. So this may become Wizard Team poll on Twitter. I'm not sure, but Zuko is either fifth year Harry or Snape. Really he's not Snape. He's definitely not Snape. He's, he's not Snape. Yeah, because it's... That's, I just yeah, got that's to the not part comparable. where the girl... I thought he left because of the girlfriend for a second. No, that's, that's like, not why. But anyway, he's, he's definitely... evil and the worst. Or he's Peter Pettigrew. Or but why would he be Pettigrew, He's Sirius though? Black. Because he's not... I would say Sirius. Because it depends on which side. Because, like, actually. if you're coming from the fire type side, he's Peter Pettigrew. No. But if you're coming from Aang's side... He's serious. No, yeah, I think he's serious. But he has no chill like serious, 
but he's emo as hell. And I don't understand. Sirius is pretty emo, though. Sirius makes. Have you read? You haven't read Order of the Phoenix recently. They're getting ready to go back to school, and he's over here moping and shit and locking himself in a room with with, uh, Buckbeak for days on end. (laughs) Like, he's emo as fuck. He's not. Robin. Robin. When we get to that point, when we get to that part, I know it's like a year and some months from now, but like literally, he was all happy when they were there, and then they got to go back to school. They're not ditching him, they just got to go get their education. And he started moping around and locking himself well, in a room with Buckbeak. In Sirius's defense, what kind of education are they getting at Hogwarts, really? That's not why he was really. upset. But fine. Zuko is serious. I think that's I think that's true. I think that's the case. I don't know. I think he's fifth year Harry. He can be I mean, where do you think Harry gets all that angst from though, like to be honest? I don't know, but at one point Zuko said, I'm not angry at I'm angry at myself and I was like, Oh god. I mean, he's really angsty. Oh, God. I'm going to rewatch that when I finish watching Degrassi the oh, next God. generation. We're all, we're all watching. We're both watching old shows. <laughs> yes. Also, Gilmore Girls. This is Wizard Team news. <laughs> it came out. Because I said so. And those last we're not going to spoil it. This y'all. is a spoiler-heavy podcast, but we didn't tell you before we were going to spoil. We're not going to spoil Gilmore Girls for We're y'all. not going to spoil Gilmore but, Girls. But those last four words. Girl. I have feelings about those words also a lot of things Ooh. from that from the show but Woo. yeah girl low-key okay and then and also this is like the same thing as we were oh. talking about last <laughs> week with um how to go to how to get away with murder how like you're mad initially and then you start thinking about it at least for me like i mad i was Ooh. mad initially like wait and then i was like no that like once you actually think about it, it's like it makes sense and then also like that's some pretty good writing and it's some really good writing. The one thing, to, though, is that Amy always said that those were going to be the last four words, but then, you know, that punk-ass season seven mm-hmm. happened and whatever. So the things that they had to do to kind of, like, you know, make everything work, I think they did a good job. So I. I just... I mean, yeah, it was we're, rude. We're going to need another We're going to need another series. It was series. so rude. I don't care what they say. Listen. Okay, anyway, Harry Potter, magical birthdays. Yesterday was Bill Weasley's birthday. Shout out to Bill. Hey, Bill. Um, you know, we just met him last chapter, so that's cool. We just met him. We just benched him. We did bench him. But, you know, happy birthday. (laughs) But, you know, happy birthday. Hope you're hanging out with your family, having fun, eating cake. They had him a boo. That, too. It's my brother-in-law. Um. But, yeah, happy birthday, Bill. All right. So, let's get into the port key, chapter six. Let's do that. Previously on Wizard Team, Harry arrived at the borough. Mrs. Weasley is angry with the twins for their aspiring to open a joke shop instead of getting going into the ministry and for failing in, her, in their OWLs and just like not really being the children that she expects and wants them to be. Can we just be honest though and say that Mrs. Weasley is angry at the twins for being the twins? Basically, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. So yeah, so she's they, she's angry at them. Is who they is. But um, also, Percy's working on a report about cauldron thickness and is worried about Bertha Jorkins and Ludo Bagman, who is not worried about Bertha Jorkins for whatever reason. And there's also something mysterious that Department of International Magical Cooperation, sorry, um, they're working on a project that's top secret and that Percy wants the his younger siblings to ask him about so that he can say, haha, it's top secret. That's confidential. That's classified, as one Phil Coulson would say. <laughs> that's what, wait, level seven classified? 
Level. Welcome to level seven. Lots of there are lots of levels in Shield. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So basically, they're on their way to the Quidditch World Cup. They had to go to sleep after a nice dinner out on the lawn of the borough. And now, let's get into the port key. Um. This is actually like a pretty short chapter. I will say before we start that the movie basically skipped these four chapters, so it jumps from chapter one to chapter six. So this is kind of like we're starting. Like this chapter is where the movie starts after the Riddle House. Um, yeah, I wish it didn't, but still. <laughs> so I think that's really kind of, all, we've already talked about the loss of like not getting to see the Dursleys meet the Weasleys, but also we don't hear about, well, they don't have Ludo in it at all. Mm-hmm. So that that is a big loss as well. But we don't really get Percy's like, I mean, do we hear about, we don't really hear about Bertha. We don't, there's like a lot of these things where like in the books, they're mentioned and they're really small. And so I can understand kind of in the movie how you're like, oh, you can really just kind of skip over that because it's just a small aside. But as you should know from the first three books that there are no such thing as small sides in the series, like, every little thing that someone mentions or says comes back up again. And so I think that that is one of the things that changed the tone of this. I think that the the tone of the movie is much more fun well, than the tone of the book. I think, I mean, I was going to say, I think what happens when you take out parts of these is like these four chapters that we skip in the movies kind of set up like the genre of this book. And like we've talked about before how each book is like kind of set in a different genre. Um, and this one is very much about mystery, but they don't, the movies kind of don't take those like when they're when they're adapting the books they don't take the genre part into consideration if that makes sense so there's not at least to me in my opinion the Goblet of Fire movie isn't like super mysterious in the same way because they don't have these little clues like about Bertha Jorkins or about Barty Crouch being like interested in where her she is yeah so I just I think that it kind of like I don't know it's just a different take on it and it's a different movie I mean I also they get rid of again we've talked about this but the Dursleys and the Weasleys like Mm -hmm. um I definitely remember kind of being disappointed when it went straight from the Riddle House to Harry being woken up by Hermione in the burrow and I was just like wait that's where we're starting like I was confused I was like kind of you know what I mean I was just like kind of for like two seconds as a kid whenever this movie came out I can't remember but like I remember being taken out of it like but wait what about the Dursleys and then like you know get swept back in but Still, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Just kind of feels like a loss a little bit, but it, it's cool. It's cool. So when we start with the portkey, Harry is being shaken awake by Mrs. Weasley. Time to go, Harry, dear. She whispered, moving away to wake up Ron and then the twins. And I think that's really cute that I was thinking about this because Thanksgiving was last week and how we go about doing certain, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how hospitality is kind of shown in different families. Like, when you have people come over to visit, my mom like always asks them what they want first and we like make sure that they're comfortable, do you, you know, or whatever. And the way that Mrs. Weasley kind of wakes up Harry first and then goes to wake up her other children. Mm-hmm. It just is like this like cute, I, it, I mean, it's very small again, but it just reminded me like how she treats him differently. Like or she's more hospitable to him, obviously, because 
he's not really family, but she's also just more like caring or I don't know what that I don't know what the word, right word is, but it's just like a little bit of a set apart, but not in a way that makes him feel unwelcome, but in a way that makes him feel special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. So he's still, you still get the feeling that he's like treated like much differently than the rest of the boys, but you know, she's like. Time to wake up, Harry, dear. I mean, yeah, like, she definitely looks out for him a little bit more. And, like, as he gets older and, like, is around the family, she begins to treat him more as a son versus, like, a guest. Yeah. Um, but there's still a bit of, especially because she she knows, like, what, like, the type of family that he came from. Like, yeah, she... It's like she's trying to, like, give him extra love because she knows he doesn't get it from the yeah and he hasn't had it so like she's trying to make up for Mm -hmm. it make up for that like lost time and you know knowing that he's only there with them a couple of weeks at a time or days at a time she's like much more she's much sweeter to him Mm -hmm. she doesn't like yeah anyway um so they just in in silence too sleepily to talk, then yawning and stretching the four of them headed downstairs into the kitchen. And I just kind of was thinking about this, like a comfortable silence that you have with family, you know, like when we wake up to go do something, you know, like we have to leave early or something like that. We're family. So we all just kind of like, you know, you kind of have this orchestrated, like there's no need to be like, Oh, sorry, excuse me. (laughs) Like you don't need to talk to each other. You're just like, we all tired. Um, but it's not awkward. Like, if you guys know me, I cannot deal with silences. Like, you should have seen me and Bayana in London. It was, like, just two people, like, I mean, and we're family, so I would be like, I know that she's cool. I know that she's cool. Okay, God, I have to say something. It's It's like, you know, like, it was like, you know, but, but I'm able to sit in silence with Bayana a lot better than anyone else, and I really can't sit in silence like that much unless I'm completely alone so (laughs) yeah I just thought that that was another cute I just think this like first page is just a really cute reminder of how well Harry fits in in turn with the Weasleys Mm -hmm. okay so Mrs. Weasley they got downstairs to the kitchen Mrs. Weasley um is making breakfast and Mr. Weasley is checking a sheaf of large parchment tickets um he looked up at the boys entered and spread his arms so that they could see his clothes more clearly. He was wearing what appeared to be a golfing sweater and a very old pair of jeans, slightly too big for him and held up with a thick leather belt. What do you think? He asked anxiously. We're supposed to go incognito. Do I look like a muggle, Harry? Yeah, said Harry, smiling. Very good. Where are Bill and Charlie and Percy, said George. Well, they're apparating, aren't they, said Mrs. Weasley, so they can have a bit of a lion. Man, just another reason why apparating is I don't know, one man. of the better forms of transportation in this world. It's pretty great. It's true. It's pretty great. Um, um, the the amount that the time that you save or the more time that you can spend mm-hmm. sleeping in and stuff. Yeah. Um, the lack of travel time. But I think too, it's really funny because I know like they wear wizarding robes and but like in the movies the kids don't. Mm-hmm. and even Arthur and like Molly don't like or I guess Molly wears like like hand knitted robes I guess it would be considered I mean I mean she kind of wears a dress I mean like when you look in the movies like they're pretty much wearing regular clothes and cloaks like, over clothes. them so it yeah and so it's just really, it, it always struck me as weird that you wouldn't know the, like, I mean, like, maybe not the most up-to-date fashion because they are old-fashioned, but, like, 
later on we'll see some dude rocking like a kilt <laughs> like, um just put on jeans and a shirt man i mean i think arthur does do a really good job like you know like a golf sweater and jeans mm-hmm. or like they might be baggy or whatever but he looks fine like how hard is it though to just get a magazine and see what people are wearing and like have that jeans and a t-shirt yeah i don't know i don't know um, it's supposed to be quirky it's I know part it's of the quirky, world but it building. Just, it, it, it's just, it always, I'm like, yeah. Metal gun, not knowing how to dress, like these things. Just like, kind of, I'm just like, come on. Come on, son. So they're still in bed, said Fred. Why can't we apparate too? Because you're not of age and you haven't passed your test, said, snapped Mrs. Weasley. And where have those girls got to? Um, you have to pass a test to apparate, Harry asked. Oh, yes, said Mr. Weasley. The Department of Magical Transportation has to find a couple of people the other day for apparating without a license. It's not easy apparition, and when it's done, or when it's not done properly, it can lead to nasty complications. This pair I'm talking about went and splinched themselves. Um, really quickly, I did, didn't realize that we learned about splinching so early on. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know if I didn't remember, but I, I was like, oh, splinching, yeah. like, you know, I, I think I kind of remembered it, but it is early on. But I was going to say, so when Flinch, um said Harry, they left half of themselves behind, said Mr. Weasley. So, of course, they were stuck, couldn't move either way. Had to wait for the accidental magical reversal squad to sort them out. I can tell you what, with the pair of muggles, he meant a fair old bit of paperwork with the muggles he spotted the body parts they left behind. And I feel like I wrote, like, Ron got off really easy in the splinching in Deathly Hallows. Um... Because mm-hmm. he, he was, like, partially splinched, I guess. Um, but it was more like a chunk of him. It was, like, a chunk of his arm versus, chunk. like, his entire arm. Like, arm, something that yeah. you could, like, leave behind and be cool <laughs> with. Like, you'll be hurt and, like, injured, but, like, it'll heal. Versus, like, yeah. your whole arm isn't going to grow back. But then also, like, the way that Arthur describes this, they can't move, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you're not actually... Because it's not like it's cut off. You're, like, in... Like time and space is just in between. Exactly. It's like being like when I when I, um, I got ran like not ran over, but I got my friend accidentally parked her car on my foot, and I couldn't move because the tire was like on my foot. But I also couldn't like I was in so much like shock and pain that all I could do was scream. And my friends are like, "What is going on?" And I was just, like pointing at the car and screaming like i couldn't say like hey car on the foot mm-hmm. like can you roll it back or whatever <laughs> like, i don't even know how it happened the car rolled and settled on my foot but like that kind of magical accident like that scene and the thing is is that it like i mean it here it sounds like kind of creepy and like people are wincing but like i remember maybe it's in it's in half a print i don't know why i remember it being like kind of presented a little bit as like comical until it happens and everybody gets kind of shaken up but like it still sounds like like a quirky part of the world until you really think about it and you're like oh no that shit would be terrible and i'd never like yeah i mean he even the way he says it like harry has a sudden vision of a pair of legs and an eyeball lying abandoned on the pavement of privet drive and so that's not like like, funny it's like a that's a weird it's weird and quirky but it doesn't make you think about like because he's saying like they couldn't move and had to just stand there in pain until, like, the magical, and, like, how do they find, like, how to get an owl? How do you, like, <laughs> you can't teleport? Like, mm-hmm. who are you, like, you just have to hope that some wizard walks by and it's like, oh, snap. Like, that didn't go well, <laughs> right? Like, how do you speed up that, pro- how do you call 911 
when half your body is somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. And then it's you like, it has to be traumatizing because he's thinking about the pieces, of, like the pieces that are left behind. But what about, what about the person <laughs> who like is missing that eyeball and that pair of legs and they're like suspended in like in this in weird like limbo space and can't like do like I, yeah, it has to be. I'm wondering how like, I mean, I don't really want to know, but like how bloody it is and like it has to be like really. Yeah. Like, yeah, not great. Cause, cause it's to me like I thought about. I mean, in Half Blood Prince and stuff, I kind of thought of splinting as getting an arm cut off, or you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But no, and and like you know, you, you hear about when people do get like their limbs amputated and they have like the phantom limbs that they can feel mm-hmm. and they feel the like that pain like, and they also feel like the weight of their limbs even though there's nothing there. But this is still like not even like that. This is. You still have them. They're just you like have them. Not you left them behind. They're... So they're just like, yeah, magic yeah, it's is a, weird. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird magical thing that you can't even really. Because you can totally get it back. Because I remember when I want to say I want to say it was Susan Bones. It was one mm-hmm. of the Hufflepuff girls, but I think it was Susan Bones, and she splits herself when they were doing the um the training in Half Blood Prince. And, like, the trainer, like, put her back to normal really easily. But she was still freaked out because, like, of course she would be freaked out if something like that yeah. happened. Um, well, and he says, you know, they got a heavy fine, but I don't think they'll be trying again in a hurry. Yeah. You don't mess around with apparition. There are plenty of dealt with it who don't bother with it, prefer brooms, slower but safer. And so they did get, like, it's a, and it says, like, they had to wait for the accidental magical reversal squad to sort them out. So they were able to, like, be put back together but it's like only like professionals or like people who are trained in that can do it yeah and it's the same thing too as like when um harry broke his arm or when ron's like leg got hurt you know like madame pompey can fix it but that doesn't take away like that pain Mm -hmm. or that like bad memory like for harry obviously he had to like spend a night getting his freaking limbs grown back because of someone Mm -hmm. but like you know what i mean like you don't want to go like just because it was fixed doesn't mean like all right well it's cool. we'll try it again next exactly week, you know like you're like nah man i honestly i probably wouldn't apparate for a while i wouldn't apparate i'd be like mm. like this is the thing and as we go down but bill charlie and percy can all do it i'm guessing harry asked that charlie had to take the test twice said fred he fell the first time apparated five miles south of where he meant to right on top of some poor old deer doing her shopping remember so he obviously like didn't splinch himself but he wasn't able to like operate to the precise location which is also important mm-hmm. and in one of the in the fanfic that i'm reading right now like remus operates small chunk you know like 20 miles or 50 miles and then he has to do it again mm. um so you can't operate like long distances but you also have to be careful of like where you're operating you can't really operate that's one thing i don't like about the movies they just be operating like in public mm-hmm. <laughs> like into right yeah like and that's busy not... ass streets and stuff I, and... I liked it for fantastic beast but that was only because it was clear newt didn't give a fuck he was just like i'm doing it and it was clear that that was weird and like should not be happening until like the end where like at that point the cover was blown they had to just get the shit together but like yeah in the beginning tina when tina operates newt like she operates them to a small hidden exactly but he's just Um, like nah you're a muggle you come with me let's go let's Let's do this it's fine (laughs) um (laughs) i'll deal with Um, it later um, but yeah, no, you're right. In the other movie, in the movies, it's just like, let's go. 
And they just appear. Yeah, because yeah. that's called. Because Hermione does. They do appear like in the middle of Charing Cross Road or some shit. Yeah, and then they do the same thing. Like they operate um, to the middle of Godric's Hollow. And I know Godric's Hollow is like a wizarding town, but it's not a full. It's not like Hogsmeade. Yeah, it's, it's like, not at all. A hundred percent. Like, it's not an all-wizarding town, and they just, like, apparate and show up in the middle of a road. And don't use Polyjuice um, Potion. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, they they do in Polyjuice Potion, but, you know. Um, but, like, even, like, Dumbledore operates with Harry, like, a, you know, a couple blocks away from, or, like, you know, a little bit away from where Slughorn's staying, but not... Like, in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. <laughs> not trying to, like, at all, you know, hide behind a tree or something. So, yeah, I think it's just really interesting. Um, this is, I think, the chapter of magical transportation. Um, we see a couple of different ways. We've already, um, we already know about broom travel and flu powder. Um, and we, I don't know, have we, we've seen operating, but we haven't had this kind of ex- explanation of what it mm-hmm. is yet. And then we're about to hear about port keys. So I think it's interesting because we always think about like operating as like, obviously like that's what I would totally do if I was a wizard, right? You know, we don't want to, we always late. We want to sleep in a little bit. We want to just close our eyes, blink and show up at the place where we want to be, but it's not that easy. And also there is, it's not that cut and dry, especially if you live in a city or something like that, Mm -hmm. or if you're doing something like this where you're going to a crowded space. Okay. Uh, Percy only passed two weeks ago, said George. He's been apparating downstairs every morning since just to prove he can. Um, I just want to point out. You said what? <laughs> that sounds familiar. Right. And one, I was going to say, one, sounds familiar. Two, Molly over here, like, oh, I guess she, yeah, when, when Fred and George are doing it in the next book, mm-hmm. um, she's all furious and like angry and shit and like, your brothers yeah. never did this, and it's like Percy apparently has been. But I also think that. But that's, I'm sure it's it, not it, as obnoxiously, and like Fred and George be appearing on people on purpose, and like they're yeah. a little extra, I admit, but they're a little extra, and they're in the middle of like a war because at that point, like Voldemort is back, like tensions are a bit higher than they are, you know, yeah. now. And Percy, while pompous and is is doing too much, is not landing on people and laughing it's about very it. Very true. Um. Why do we have to be up? Oh, so Hermione and Jenny come into the kitchen. Why do we have to be up so early? Said Jenny. We've got a bit of a walk. Um, said Mr. Weasley. Walk? What? Are we walking to the World Cup? No, no. That's miles away. We only need to take. We only need to walk a short way. It's just that it's very difficult for a large number of wizards to congregate without attracting Muggle attention. We have to be very careful about how we travel at the best of times and on a huge occasion like the Quidditch World Cup. George, said Mrs. Weasley sharply, and they all jumped. Um, what, said George, with an innocent tone that deceived nobody. What is that in your pocket? Nothing. Don't you lie to me. Um, Mrs. Weasley pointed her wand at George's pocket and said, Accio. Several small, brightly colored objects zoomed out of George's pocket. He made a grab for them but missed, and they sped right into Mrs. Weasley's outstretched hand. We told you to destroy them, said Mrs. Weasley furiously, holding up what were unmistakably more ton-tongue toffees. We told you to get rid of the lot. Empty your pockets. Go on, both of you. It's got to be hard to be sneaky in a wizarding house when your mama can just, like, yeah, shit. use magic to get her shit. Yeah. Yeah. I told you to get rid of it. And I they're not good at being sneaky. It reminds me of some no. family members I know. <laughs> some siblings I know. Oh. 
pretty much all of them. Like, none of them are good at being sneaky. They think they are, and then they're not. And it's really funny. It's adorable. Including Aminata. Um, She be trying. But like I said, she snitches on herself. So, there's really not much you can do. Mommy said that I could have some chocolate. Oh, really? You know Mama's upstairs. I could right. ask her. Hey, Mama, can we have some, can she, Mommy have some chocolate? No. No. Well, that's Ooh, what I thought. Well, right, Don't then. tell her I had a popsicle. I want a lollipop later or some shit. Like, girl. That's what the girl was doing on Halloween. You played yourself. You played yourself. Can we just talk about the fact that she still, she does not understand Halloween at all, which is hilarious, but also your fault. No, it's fault. not my fault. But you, you've been around since she's been born. You've had plenty of time to explain it to her. But I've been I remember trying, last year she thought we. I remember last year. Didn't you think you were going to Halloween? Going. She still thinks Halloween is a place. We're going to Halloween. <laughs> but I like because you guys don't. It's not like it's just me. It's me fighting this uphill battle by myself. Our parents so, never raised us on Halloween. The first time I went trick or treating, I was twelve. Jesus um, Christ. I dressed up as Dougie Fresh, by the way, in case anyone was curious. Yeah, so they but don't yeah, yeah, my parents Halloween never like the they, that wasn't a thing. It's in my our favorite holiday when like for kids. I think for kids, it's just like the coolest, most fun thing. So I just like decided with your mom, like I take Ami out for Halloween. She decided this time she didn't want to go trick or treating, even when I was like, "But we're gonna go get candy." That's when she was like, "Oh, I want to go." I was like, "Well, nope, you played yourself." <laughs> anyway. Um, also, her mom forgot her a big part of her costume. Anywho, anywho. you're not gonna talk about that part. <laughs> um, Still need my pictures. She insisted, "Don't tell my mommy I had candy. I want a popsicle." And I was like, "Girl, it's Halloween. I don't have to tell your mama nothing. She know you had candy. <laughs> it's Halloween. That's the point of the day. <laughs> don't tell, don't tell her that I had the candy. Okay, I won't tell her." You still ain't getting no popsicle. Right. <laughs> she doesn't get it. She still wants she to. She thinks Halloween is a place and she thinks that she can trick her mom into giving her a popsicle after she gets back from Halloween, which I guess closes at seven. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> after Halloween. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anywho, um, it's, yeah, it's just really, so they, in, it was an unpleasant scene. The twins had evidently been trying to smuggle as many toffees out of the house as possible. And it was only by using her summoning charm that Miss Weasley managed to find them all. Accio, 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 she, shout, she shouted as Toffee zoomed from all sorts of unlikely places, including the lining of George's jacket and the turnips of Fred's jeans, which are the cuffs. Took me a really mm-hmm. long time. I was like, what are the turnips? They got a turn, turn up in up. his jeans? Turn. <laughs> turn down Fred's for the candy. Like, turn down for what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that wasn't that funny. But it's, but it's also okay. like sad that it took them six months to develop them and she says you know i think that shows dedication she's like oh a fine way to spend six months no wonder you didn't get more owls but it's like but they it shows like a dedication to their craft and right like, and it may not be the traditional education but yeah like they're taking it seriously enough that they it's not like something that they just did in a day mm-hmm. you know what i mean so again there's like pros and cons to this but molly is really messing up on the Accepting your children for who they are and not who you want them to be, Tip. Yep. Um, all in all, the atmosphere was not very friendly as they took their departure. Mrs. Weasley was still glowering as she kissed Mr. Weasley on the cheek, though not nearly as much as the twins who had each hoisted their rucksacks onto their back and walked out without a word to her. We'll have a lovely time and behave yourselves. 
I'll send Bill, Charlie, and Percy along around midday. Yeah, the, all the like risks aside, apparition or apparition is starting to sound really. It just continues to sound better. <laughs> like they're up at like five in the we're, morning to yeah, get to this place, even and they don't like even have to wake trip. up. And they don't have to be there until like noon. Yeah, like that's so much different. Yeah, um, I also want to. I think that it's it's sad that Molly and. Um, the twins are fighting, but I think Molly's really going to enjoy her afternoon to her, her couple days alone. Oh yeah. Now after this like fight too, she's like, here's hoping she doesn't accidentally eat a ton tongue toffee Mm -hmm. um, while she's chilling in the bath and like, you know, getting her wizarding spa on. Yeah. Um, So it was chilly and the moon was still out. That's how early it is. Um, Only a dull greenish tinge around the, along the horizon. Harry had been thinking about that, um, thinking about thousands of wizards speeding around the Quidditch World Cups um, sped up to walk with Mr. Weasley. So how does everyone get there without all the muggles noticing, he said. It's been a massive organizational problem. The trouble is about 100,000 wizards turn up at the World Cup, and of course, we just haven't got a magical site big enough to accommodate them all. There are places muggles can't penetrate, but imagine trying to pack 100,000 wizards into Diagon Alley or Platform 9 and 3 quarters. So we had to find a nice deserted moor and set up as many anti-muggle precautions as possible. The whole ministry's been working on it for months. First, of course, we have to stagger the arrivals. People with cheaper tickets had to arrive two weeks beforehand. Um, This bothers me because people with cheaper tickets are probably the ones with the least amount of money. Mm -hmm. So then they also are the ones that have to take off the most amount of time from work, which they cannot afford. Yep. They're in, a, okay. they're in a class system. They're in a class system. Capitalism, um, even in the magical world. Yep. A limited number use muggle transportation, but we can't have too many clogging up their buses and trains. Remember, wizards are coming from all over the world, and I thought about the night bus. Do they not, like, get the night bus or some other wizarding buses in there? Some operate, of course, but we have to set up safe points for them to appear well away from muggles. I believe there's a handy wood they're using out to see apparition point. So that's where... For, uh, Charlie, Bill, and Percy are going to operate to mm-hmm. like the woods nearby. And I believe, um, for those who don't want to operate or can't, we use port keys. They're objects that are used to transport wizards from one spot to another at a prearranged time. You can do large groups at a time if you need to. There have been 200 port keys placed at strategic points around Britain. And the nearest one to us is up at the top of Stoats Head Hill. So that's where we're headed. Um... The thing about this, though, is that, like, with the port keys, and we'll see, you know, that's the nearest one to them, but also because that that's the time, it's, it's set to leave at a specific time, so that's why they have to get up early, because mm-hmm. that's, like, their only real way of doing it. And I was thinking about, like, how we do, like, San Francisco had the, the Super Bowl this year, and how, like, muggles kind of do these large events, and it's still, like, it's a massive headache for muggles you know and you're not trying to like also like arrive in secret you know Mm -hmm. um so it's really impressive that they're able to like put on something like this but then it also just kind of goes to show how much work goes into like the statute of secrecy and um right and that's like all that's like pretty much the whole point of their government is to keep their secret yeah and I mean, like, what? No matter what they do, that's always a thing that that's like the the crux of like why they have a government, basically. Yeah, and it's really 
also kind of annoying thinking about the fact that Google just um, tweeted out today that like you can go again, like you can go discover parts of the magical world. And I'm like, can y'all just leave our world alone? Yeah. Um, we have laws, but in every aspect of transportation to the World Cup, they have to think about like just random consequences or random things um, in order to maintain that secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, with like people coming from all over the world, like language barriers, cultural barriers, like all there are so many different ways in which this can go wrong. Yeah. You know? It's pretty impressive. Um, and this is, um, as we see, like, America, African wizards, you know, a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so Mr. Weasley pointed ahead of them where a large black mass rose beyond the village of Ottery St. Catchpole. Um, what sort, you said what? It's a great name. That was my Twitter yeah. location before I discovered Southside Diagon Alley, for, <laughs> in which I have lived for now like four what? years. <laughs> I haven't changed it in a long time. I'm, I um, changed it during the election, so I'm now currently living in the darkest timeline. But yeah, I was Eastside Godric's Hollow for a while. What sort of objects are port keys? Said Harry. Well, they can be anything, unobtrusive things, obviously so muggles don't go picking them up and playing with them, stuff they'll think is just litter, um, which can go wrong um, and has. So like, if you want to read up on port keys, um, you can go to Pottermore. They have like a whole thing on it. Um, but there are times when it has gone wrong, like in 2003, when some muggles were transported to a Celestina Warback concert. Um, yeah, you can read about that on Pottermore. Um, they trudged um, toward the village. Um, the sky lightened very slowly as they made their, wear, their way through the village. Um, Harry's hands and feet were freezing. Mr. Weasley kept checking his watch. They didn't have breath to spare for talking as they began to climb Stoat's Head Hill, stumbling occasionally in hidden rabbit holes, slipping in thick black tuffets of grass. Each breath Harry took was sharp in, its, in his chest and his legs were starting to seize up when he, at last his feet found level ground. Um, hills are the worst. I hate walking up hills. It's so also weird, though, because you would think that they would, like, do at least some magical travel to get there. <laughs> right. Nah. nah. Instead, you gotta walk all the way you there. You gotta walk all the way. Yeah. Who said Mr. Weasley taking off his glasses and wiping them on his sweater? We've made good time. We've got ten minutes. Hermione came over the crest of the hill, last clutching a stitch in her side. These kids need to do more um, exercise. I feel like I was at my best shape around... 14, 14, which is what they are. Um, um, I'm trying to think about me. Nah. They only yeah. went downhill from there. But, <laughs> nah. I have an, um, I have an old, I'm, yeah, I'm so old. <laughs> Creaky bones. To, <laughs> now we just need the port key. It won't be big. Come on. And this is weird to me because you do all of that, but like, you think they'd tell you what the port key was since it's supposed to be unobtrusive. Right, right? exactly. Like, like what like, are you looking for? What are you, like, you don't want muggles to, like, just pick it up, but you do want the wizards to pick it up, mm-hmm. so. Mm. It's like, once you, when they, like, yeah, it's like when you <laughs> create it or whatever or, like, set it up, then you let the ones in the area know this is what to look for, and then it's super and, easy. Because they have to know that, you know, they know that there's a port key, they know where it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they know what time it's going so they, shouldn't they know what it looks 
They should. They totally should. I mean, should. maybe they just didn't have enough time to, like, let everyone know. Um, that No, that's a really easy logistical thing to fix as someone who yeah. works in, in coordination of in, events. Anyway. In, in event logistics. Um, <laughs> over here, Arthur. Over here, son. We've got it. Two tall figures were silhouetted, silhouetted against the starry sky. Amos, said Mr. Weasley, smiling as he strode over to the man who had shouted. The rest of them followed. Mr. Weasley was shaking hands with a ruddy-faced wizard with a scrubby brown beard who was holding a moldy-looking old boot in his other hand. This is Amos Diggory, everyone. He works for the Department of the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, and I think you know his son, Cedric. Two things. One, mm-hmm. ugh. Hashtag keep the secrets. Ugh. I know. Two. <laughs> uh, indeed. Does everyone work? Like, so I think that there's something about, like, 30 percent of americans work in the government like Mm -hmm. local state or federal 30 or 40 i feel like that's so much higher in the wizarding world and maybe it's just because these are the people we meet who know arthur but like literally this could be anyone right like and they say who they say later like who is nearby Mm -hmm. um the other wizards nearby but like everybody worked for the ministry yeah pretty much I feel like, I mean, the Ministry, St. Mungo's. Which is government. Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley, I think, is really the only private sector, like, place yeah, that we I hear think so about. And so I'm trying to think. Yeah. And that's that's probably it. Yeah. And Hog... Yeah. Yeah. And then like, maybe, like, some inns or, like, places like Hogsmeade, like, where they do have some businesses. But, yeah, I think most people probably do work at... In the unless they, like, work... For themselves, or you know what I mean, yeah. or like 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 Newt, for example, who like is a magicologist, so he just travels around and he does his own work. Like Newt he's works not employed for the by ministry. anyone. Does he? Yeah, but he's able to travel around, um, because he's cataloging things for the ministry. But he works for the ministry. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess everybody works for the ministry. Then. <laughs> but like you would think um, too, though, like like someone like Newt, um, or even Gilderoy, like they would. If you're writing a book, maybe, I mean, I, maybe Newt took a sabbatical from the ministry so he could write his book or something, but then you would get paid through your publisher. So there has to be publishers. Yeah. But do the publishers, is it all, there's some sort of ministry control there because like, as we see with the Daily Prophet, like how easily swayed the ministry, like how much sway and power the ministry has over like freedom of press, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a lot of people. I want, But I just wonder... One of my favorite panels at LeakyCon was talking about, like, the public, private, and um, public, private, something else sector, and it was so fun. <laughs> um, it was policy wonking all up and down, but it was great. Cedric Diggory was an extremely <laughs> handsome boy of around 17. He was the captain and seeker of the Hufflepuff House Quidditch, Quidditch team at Hogwarts. Hi, he said. Um, everyone said hi back except Fred and George, who merely nodded. They had never quite forgiven Cedric for beating their team, which is petty, but I'll I'll give it to You'll them. You'll allow being it. Petty. <laughs> I, yeah. No, it's petty. Because, I mean, it's, yeah. Because cool. Cedric um, was, like, on the up and up, and as we even see later. Well, the thing is, like, it's petty, but then, like, the other reason I'm giving it to them is because. They've just had a fight. With like, their, their dad is, his dad, Cedric's dad is irritating. Oh, um, hell yeah. Um, long walk, Arthur, uh, Cedric's father, asked. Not too bad, said Mr. Weasley. We just live on the other side of a village there. You had to get up at two, didn't we, said. I tell you, I'll be glad when he's got his apparition test. Still, not complaining. Quidditch World Cup. Wouldn't miss it for a sack full of galleons. And the tickets cost about that. 
Mind you, looks like I got off easy. He looks around at all the kids. Uh, so it's three Weasley boys, Harry, Hermione, and Ginny. Um, all these yours, Arthur? Oh no, only the redheads had Mr. Weasley. Can I just put in that if the if he was a black father, he'd just say, yep. Right? <laughs> Leave it at that. Like right? the number of times my godmother was, um, like she runs a school and has for however long I'm, however old I am, 22 years. Um, <laughs> and there were plenty of times when like, cause there's a pool around the corner and like a park around the corner from her house. Plenty of times when she'd have like seven to 10 kids walking down the street to go swimming in the summer and somebody would pass by and be like, these are all your kids? And she'd be like, yep, and just keep it moving. Or like the number of times I spent the night at her house or like if my best friend came and spent the night at my house um, and we'd have, and they'd be like all these, you know, just a bunch of kids. (laughs) Always yes, you claim them. (laughs) We we were at a party thing, like uh, Kira. Oh yeah, no, that was funny though. That was a joke, but yes. But also they had performed and then like a couple of the older girls that stayed and we were dancing it was me you and then like four Icky and then a couple of I think it was like, like four performing. like they were like 14 or 15 year olds at that time and one of them was 12 but yeah but yeah but they're all like yeah but still teenagers and some lady had the nerve to be like all these yo kids and I said yup but then also I was like how am I gonna have like five 15 year olds though how old do I look <laughs> do I need do I well, need she was need drunk and she was irritating she was doing a lot so. too but it was also, yeah. but it was also just that protective, yup, all yeah. of them got my eye on you, woman. Back <laughs> off, these my babies. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Um, yeah, if if he was black, um, but I also think that this is kind of in in that same way, like within the community, like you would know, like whose kid or who. You know, when you're getting to know people in like the, in the small community, like when we went to like. Kwanzaa at your godmother's school and I was like mm-hmm. okay who's is who's you know like splitting yeah. them up I think it's more on that tip because they are like the small wizarding community so um well yeah no and I'm not even saying it's a bad thing that he said yeah. that he makes a distinction I'm just like from my own experience <laughs> like that's not ever that's never been the yeah. case when I'm like with any other like, like, like black family yeah. just in my experience yeah um not to say that this never happens because it definitely does yeah um, so only the redheads this is hermione friend of ron's and harry another friend merlin's beard said amos diggory harry harry potter or which feels like the first time in a long time that we've gotten that yeah. reaction but i think it's just because like we haven't really met many new people recently yeah we we've been i mean besides the riddle house we have been at the borough and and i mean even place. before that like yeah True. It's been a long time since Harry's met someone new. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> what are you listening to? <laughs> I don't know. Harry was used to people looking curiously at him when they met him, used to the way their eyes moved at once to the lightning scar, but it always made him feel uncomfortable. Seth's talked about you, of course, said Amos. Told us all about playing against you last year. I said to him, I said, said that'll be something to tell your grandchildren that will you beat Harry Potter. Harry- so why would that be the first thing you say to a 14 year old boy or just a 14 year old kid? Like period. Like why would that be right? anything? He's a child. He's a child. Harry fell off his broom dad. He, um, Cedric muttered looking slightly embarrassed. I told you it was an accident. Yes, but you didn't fall off your broom. Did you roasted? Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a traumatic feeling. childhood. Were, you, were his, his parents weren't killed by Voldemort. Were they? You're standing right there. Clearly not. The fuck? Always he's... modest, R said. Always the gentleman. 
but the best man won. I'm sure Harry'd say the same, wouldn't you? A, one falls off his broom, one stays on. You don't need to be a genius to tell which one's the better flyer. He's an adult. Excuse me. Sir. Sir. (laughs) Like, (laughs) calm. Like, what the fuck? This either gets me thinking, one, Cedric didn't want to tell his dad about... Like, maybe he did say, oh, he fell off his broom by accident, but he didn't say because, like, a hundred Dementors came storming. Because that's something that you would, like... Because it was literally a hundred Dementors. Right. Like, so it's like, either you don't tell your parents that because you don't want them to be all up in the, like, what? You know, like, a bunch of... Like, what the fuck's going on in that school? Exactly. (laughs) Um, So it's, like, a detail that you kind of miss out on. Um, But then, also, Cedric probably thought his dad had enough chill not to, like be bragging like that. at a 14 year old about and my thing is is like why is he so insecure that like that's a thing that it makes him so proud you know what i mean like harry potter is not i mean harry is a great quidditch player and we've right. seen that but, but he's, he's not, not famous. famous for that yeah. so like why he didn't cedric didn't beat victor crumb right like though it doesn't it's not comparable it doesn't make sense and this is a kid he's 14 years old he's lived through a lot of trauma in his life and like, and even in the I, while, ways, while it would be uncomfortable to be like, you're Harry Potter, you're famous. Oh my gosh, you're Scar. I remember. Like, you could also just like not then act like your son is so much like more superior than him, than him just because he beat him at a Quidditch match where a hundred mentors came swarming. It just. But I just think too, like in the even if it was like, my son beat the famous Harry Potter. You're right. Like he's not famous for Quidditch, so why? But it's also like, it'd be one thing if said was the one being like, oh, yeah, I'll be Harry or whatever. Being, exactly. Being like, he yeah, won a rematch. Okay, <laughs> but you know what happened. But it's also like you're living vicariously through your son and boasting out a 14-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. don't you have something to do? Don't you have, yeah. like, a hobby? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going up to someone. Also, I'm not going up to, like, someone I played high school basketball against and then like, oh, you remember that one time? Yo! <laughs> It was a year ago or last year mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, it's past. Like, let's talk about going to the Quidditch World Cup. Let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's not bring exactly. up something that is a failure that's not even really a failure. Okay. All the things that happened last year, and that was the thing that stuck out to him. Not the notorious mass murderer who was out to get him for right. a year. Maybe just, that's why he like, fell off the broom. I don't know. Just, there's lots of reasons. He thought he was seeing the Grimm. He wasn't, but still, I'm just saying. There's just no reason for Amos Diggory to be the one, like, bringing this up. And also, there's just, like, let I don't know. It's, like, is there a mismanners for the Wizarding World? Like, it's just bad etiquette. <laughs> like, you don't meet someone. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin. Oh, that's you? You're, I don't know. Oh, Kim Kardashian, oh man, I remember that time you got stuck up by a bunch of like burglars in France. How was that Damn. though? I've been to France. I ain't never got held up in a bathroom. <laughs> I ain't never got robbed. <laughs> oh my god. Where gosh. is the etiquette? It's terrible. <laughs> like, it's just, really terrible. There's no. It's not how you greet someone. No, just, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. <laughs> Um, must be merely must be. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Must be nearly time. Said Mister Weasley quickly, pulling out his watch, trying to change the subject. Do you mm-hmm. know whether we're waiting for any more, Amos? No, the Lovegoods have been there for a week already, and the faucets couldn't get tickets. There aren't any more of us in this area, are there? Not that I know of. Said Mister Weasley. 
One thing. First mention of the love goods. Why couldn't we get Luna? Why couldn't Luna That's be on true. her way? We could have got we could have got Luna instead of Amos. Ugh. Yuck. How great would that this was a poor decision. How great would this have been if it would have been the love goods meeting up with the Weasleys for the port key? have been amazing amazing xenophilius the great harry potter he would say something inappropriate and he would funny. say something if he was but it, but it wouldn't be offensive it it'd be, be offensive. weird but it wouldn't be offensive and then luna would be like daddy they don't want to talk to us let's just get on mm-hmm. this porky and go yeah and that could be like the first interaction they'll see each other again until like they go back to school but that would be so great they could get luna a whole book i mean the luna introduction is really great but if we got luna and xenophilius at the at the beginning together and a whole book I mean, earlier. And Amos and Cedric could be there too. They could be in the background. Amos don't have to say shit and it'd be cool. Thank you. Amos and Cedric has really, really fallen off um, with the, all this new stuff coming. And also like they were they were nobody beforehand. Like, not that they weren't anyone. But Sparkly Cedric, he was someone. Yeah. I mean, they've just really but Amos was Amos one shit still ain't shit. <laughs> Yeah. Really not. Amos is annoying. Yeah. He looked at, uh, Mr. Reezy looks at Harry and Hermione. You just need to touch the poor key. That's all a finger will do. Um, with difficulty, the nine of them crowded around the old boot held out by Amos Diggory. Nobody spoke. Um, and it suddenly occurred to Harry how odd it would look if a muggle were to walk up here now. Nine people, two of them grown men, clenching um, this manky old boot in the semi-darkness, waiting. Three, uh, muttered Mr. Weasley. Two, one. It happened immediately. Harry felt as though a hook just behind his navel had suddenly jerked irresistibly forward. His feet left the ground. He could feel, um, whoops, I missed my point. Sorry. He could feel Ron and Hermione on either side of him, their shoulders banging into his. They were all for speeding forward. They were all speeding forward in a howl of wind and swirling color. His forefinger was stuck on to the boot as though it were pulling him magnetically onward. And then, his feet slammed to the ground. Ron staggered um, into him and he fell over. The portkey hit the ground near his head with a heavy thud. Harry looked up. Mr. Weasley, Mr. Diggory, and Cedric were still standing, though he looked very windswept. Everybody else was on the ground. Seven past five from Stoat's Head Hill, said a voice. Um, I just want to say that there wasn't some weird thing where they had to let go of the portkey. And then, yeah. And then, and then like, jog air jog to the ground none of that makes sense it's supposed to take you to the position not to somewhere in the air and then that's a wrap and then it disappears it's not how port keys work i don't know why they did that whoever decided that the port key thing is weird but yeah i I think that it's funny because we still get the diggeries like landing like looking thoroughly windswept but everyone else is on the ground so obviously like the They've done the port key before, but it wasn't that like, let go now type of thing. It seems, this also makes it seem much more bureaucratic. Like you have the guy who like takes, like, it's like, okay, they're here. You know what I mean? Like the time checker of like, yep, check mm-hmm. that off onto the next one, you know? Cause I think in the movie they just land and then they, they walk up the hill. Like there's no one there to like make sure the port key got there on time. Make sure that like it didn't bring a, they didn't bring some muggles with them. You know what I mean? Like there's no like. Just like, oh, okay, and then here we go. So I do like the, I like the book better, um, as always. Um, thus is life. The book is better. But for the, for those, like, specific reasons of, like, it's just not, 
comfortable. And I also just kind of love like the kind of Goldilocks and the three bears of Harry continually trying to figure out what kind of transportation he likes. And he's like, no, nope, it ain't going to be the porky. It's still the broom. Still the broom. It's just right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, flu, flu powder didn't really work out for him. Porky's not really working out for him. Yeah. I mean, they're all just not comfortable, which yeah. is unfortunate. I still haven't. I mean, I guess he likes riding his broom, but even that after like a while is no longer fun. Yeah. So MVPs. Um, I made Arthur my MVP for wrangling six kids and getting them to the, um, getting them across the village and mm-hmm. onto Stoat's Head Hill and getting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wrangling, wrangling them together. Shout out to him. I don't know. I couldn't do Molly cause she's still tripping yeah. about the twins. Um, but I hope she gets the break that she needs. I do too. I think, you know, with this peace and quiet, maybe she'll be able to settle and like, come to this understanding that her children are brilliant, even if they're not doing what exactly, they're not following her life plan exactly. Mm-hmm. I also made Arthur the MVP um, just for, like you said, wrangling all those kids, staying calm, and also kind of like knowing to be the peacemaker between Molly and the twins. Like, cause he's got a lot of twin in him. And I think he also knows like, he wants his kids to be successful, but I think he's also more open to life outside of the ministry since he works there you know like he knows that what other people do mm-hmm. and he spends a lot of his time going around like fixing the messes of people that are in private work or entrepreneurs you know so he knows that there's a possible like success for them there and he also is just very accepting of who they are like he it, he's like kind of keeping the peace in this way you know because the twins are obviously butting heads with molly a lot so he, it, it makes it better that they're not butting heads with like both of their parents all the time because that would just be like right. really rough. Yeah, that. Eliana yeah. Um, made the ministry the MVP for a superb show of organization, and I like mm. totally agree with that. I feel like the like we said like the different types of transportation to get there, the time periods, and all that stuff. You know, they didn't tell them what the port key was, but that was like the one flaw in the plan. I guess I would say. Right. Um, Portia makes Cedric Diggory the MVP because he's not going to have many opportunities in subsequent books. So a pity vote, it's which pity is vote. rude. I also, but, you know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Yeah. I mean, a, a pity vote is still a vote. Yeah. Eliana almost, she said that she almost wanted the twins because she loved how the twins weren't speaking to Cedric, and she said she there's nothing she loves more than a petty grudge. So it's real. They got this petty and pity, p- pity and petty <laughs> <laughs> uh, to wither team traits. I guess we like we like pettiness, and we'll give you a pity vote if need be. Okay, benched. I benched Amos Diggory. Same. Just you, grown man, dude. Like Wait, chill he out. Has to chill. Like also, I benched him because. Like, keep the secrets, but chill out. Like, <laughs> 20, like, chill out. <laughs> chill. Yeah. Your whole life. Chill. His whole life. Calm. Just calm down. It's not, not cool. Portia benched the ministry for not preparing security and also for messing with the muggles the way they do in the next chapter. Yeah. Um, but she said it's never too early to bench. I mean, which I, I guess, is true. yeah. 
The ministry I, is the ministry is definitely a viable. Tripping yeah, somehow. they're always tripping um, somehow. Eliana is with me, and she benched Mr. Damn Diggory. You can love your son and possess them <laughs> chill simultaneously. That's the rumor. Amos doesn't know that <laughs> to be a fact. But yeah, Amos, possess some chill. chill He's got to, yeah. He's <laughs> got to find other ways to be proud of his son that, other than like yelling at 14 and, like making And like and gloating. Gloating at like, them. But don't you have something better like, to do? Somewhere, something else. You have a job. You have, like, you know, you have a life, like, outside of, like, games in Quidditch at your son's school. Like, you just got to find something else to do. It just doesn't make very much sense. Um, Portia agrees that Amos is the worst, all caps. But who did you bench, (laughs) B? Just. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, So we're going to recap. Um, also, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think he is an only child. Sorry. Portia said, does Cedric not have friends? Um, I mean, with his dad acting like that and he's the only child. Yeah, I would, I mean, he's supposed to be popular and stuff, but who knows? I mean, I think cause... that there is like... Does his dad right, have friends like, is the real question. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I feel like it is more on... Like, what is your dad doing? Like, are you like, why are you so invested mm-hmm. in this? Um, yeah, so let's, to recap, um, MVP, um, I made Arthur the MVP, Bionna made Arthur the MVP. Um, Portia made Cedric the MVP. Cedric. Pity. And Eliana, and Eliana did the ministry. ministry. Um, benched. I... You, okay, so Bayana, Robin, and Eliana, we bench Amos. Um, Portia benches the ministry, um, which is kind of weird because then does Amos get benched twice because he works for the ministry? Yeah, I'm okay. not doing it for the ministry. I do it for families, but not not okay. like where they work because then Arthur would have a lot more. It just, it's That's just, true. everybody works That's there. True. Like <laughs> everybody I guess be benched for no for, reason. Like, so, yeah. Or whoever the head is. Yeah. Yeah, I would only do it for, yeah, for, like, like if it's the ministry, then it's Fudge. I definitely yeah. did that last book. Um, yeah, whoever the head. So if you were, like, I want to bench the head of international, or just, I want to bench the department for international magical Crouch. cooperation, then yeah. that's Barty Crouch. Or magical games yeah. and sports, okay. and that's Ludo. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true, because I'm, like, trying to give Amos an extra bench, but in doing so, I would have to give... Arthur a bench that he doesn't deserve because he has chill. But then also like then you got to bench pretty much the entire wizarding <laughs> yeah. population in Britain, and so at that point who's on the team? <laughs> Just the kids. No one. All the kids. Everybody's <laughs> out. It's we forfeit the game. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, this was a really quick chapter. Next. Um, yeah. Next chapter will will be chapter seven of Harry Potter and Goblet of Fire, Bagman and Crouch. So we get to meet two more heads of the um, department heads in the Ministry of Magic. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think the real MVP is and who is benched for this chapter and next chapter. And all of the chapters, we are we take votes, like we said, we take votes on a rolling basis. No voter suppression here. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag wizard team 
Um, and you can check out our website, blackgirlscreate.org. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.